Hello everyone, I'm Annie Gibbons and you're listening to Memoirs of Successful Women, the podcast where you get to hear candid conversations with fascinating women from around the globe who share aspects of their business and life journey, how they measure their success and what they have learnt along the way. Hello and welcome to Memoirs of Successful Women. Today I have Kez Wickham St George who is a international public speaker. She is a best-selling author in three different genres. She's spoken all around the world in Japan at Crom Castle. She's been in magazines. She's um been third place in literacy competitions. She's also got a radio show called Kez and Tony. Uh, I am so excited about sharing her story with you today. Welcome to the program, Kez. Thank you. Lovely to be here. Mm. So uh, with with my story, I started off very young and I was was lying in bed last night. It was so humid I couldn't sleep and I just thought to myself, I wish I'd have known in my 30s what I know now because life would have been such a blast. And I could have told the, the bullies that you accumulate when you're writing, uh, you do ac- accumulate people that think they're so much more than you. Um, and, they, and they get a bit stroppy. And so I would know how to have dealt with them. I, with the anthology I'm writing, uh, well, I'm co-writing, uh, The Colours of Me, the book's called, um, I've had two or three authors say, oh, oh this has happened and that's happened. I just say, come on, girl, big girl panties on today. Mm. Um, We have to have a look at who we are and how we're growing. I think it's a shame that um, some people find it necessary to try and blow your candle out. I really do. Mm. Because we all need to shine brightly. And, you know, if you shine brightly, the only news we can impart to each other is good news. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Mm. So why, why, Why do some people just get discovered overnight? Most of us have to have the long haul. You know, is it is it just luck or is it pure talent? Is it a mixture of both? What if you've watched a lot of authors over your time? Okay, so some of them are you surprised by? Is it their connections? Connections, it's not what you know, it's who you know, definitely. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, I have had one, two, three publishers. I'm on to my third, uh, Clara McDermott, MMH Publishing. I couldn't have wished for a better dream to happen. Uh, we met, we've met four or five times. I was with another publisher and I wanted to remain loyal to my publisher then, but it didn't work out. So uh, we both shook hands and moved on. But uh, Karen moved into my life and that's when I got to speak at Crom, Crom Castle Island. Uh, but, you know, she goes, she goes that extra mile for people that are authentic and transparent, as I said before, because then you start bringing out the best in each other. So when I've met people that, like yourself, that have offered to do a bit of a podcast with me, um, you know, I will do the same for you in the future and, and make sure that um, you know, you're as much recognized as what I am. So it's not, it's not about, oh, let's try and be the let's try and be the most well-known author, because authorship is something very, very special. Mm. it's bringing your thoughts and letting other people read them whether it be fiction or not mm. um it's it's something it's an honor for people to read my books but it's also an honor for me to write for you it's entertainment it's super entertainment 
Mm. <laughs> Entertainment for you. It must be a wild story writing writing for someone else. So you going from that perspective to actually write, go from writing your own books to writing for someone. Ghost writing. Um, that, that's ghost writing. I don't. I have. I've only ever done that once. Didn't work out. I had my point of view. He had his. So it didn't work out. <laughs> but. Um, funny. Now, what I'm trying to say here is that, you know, we have to, if we're writing our own story, you have to be very, very careful. Mm. And if you're writing fiction, go for it. It's fun. But make sure you do your research. You know, like I wrote about being in um, Cooper Petey. I had a, an adventure in Cooper Petey. Uh, and someone questioned me about it. And I thought, oh, hang on a minute. You know, so I had to go back. I was correct, uh, and but they were questioning me, and it was actually my editor who was questioning me. And I thought, oh, I just went to prove the point. You just can't sit and type and slap anything you want to. You've you've got to do your research, yeah. and it's something I, I actually happen to love doing research. So I, yeah, but having it pointed out to you, don't take offence. You know, get back to them and say thank you so much yeah. for pointing that out to me. Don't be offended by um, people questioning you because they want to know about you. Exactly, exactly. They're actually intrigued by obviously what you've written and why did you write it and want to know more about you. So sometimes it might be, you know, when did you go to Cooper Pedy? What do you know about Cooper Pedy? What interested you? What made you write a book about it? You know, all of these aspects, you know, and I think that that connection with the author that actually, yeah, sometimes it might be just fact-checking, but other times it actually can be a, just a deeper fascination. And you as the author must love that, really, the fact that it's so I engrossed do. in your book, they want, it, they want more. That's right. They want the behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. they do. They don't often get it, but they do. <laughs> you want to leave them dangling, right? I know. It's like, well, you're just going to have to read my next book. So what, That's was, right. your, what was your first book, Kes? My first book. Um, my first book ever was um, I used to work for a tourism school in New Zealand and I wrote, I was their motivational tutor as well as their tourism tutor, and I wrote a book on how to keep yourself motivated. And I wrote, I think it was about 40, it was like a little, a little novelette. Yes. And I'd hand it out to all my students, how to keep yourself motivated. Hmm. I'm a great believer in talking well to yourself. Yes. Yeah. Because we believe, if you hear those thoughts in your head that are negative. So I had a lot of students that were negative and by the time they spent a year with me, they were woohooing and let's go get some work. <laughs> because, and it was a teeny weeny weeny little 30 page thing. And then I forgot all about it. I'd left that, I was there for seven years and then moved to Australia, more or less, around about that time. And um, a girlfriend of mine who's still in New Zealand and she's a, a crisis counselor, she came across the book with um, education, with some sort of education New Zealand program. Yeah, and it was there on print, and I went, "Oh my god, I didn't even know it was there." So yeah, that was my very first go, and then I wrote a children's book, um, and self-published, not well received. The family said, "Yeah, yeah, that's what family do to me." Oh, yeah, yeah, and they do it to everybody. Always your harshest critic, I find. <laughs> you know, that's, that's just mum. That's mum. <laughs> no, I'm not. That's mum. 
on me. And I really had to claim that space for myself. And I find a lot of women need to claim that space for themselves. You know, we, most of us, especially the much older generation, they went through life thinking, well, I'm someone's wife and I'm someone's mother. Yeah. Um, and it was my mum that taught me that she was also an active herbalist. She was also very active in the church. Um, she did the flowers. She did, she did everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad was a, he wasn't actually an ordained priest. He was a minister mm-hmm. uh, for our local church. Um, but mum had all these little side rails going on. And she was also the, um, apart from being in church, she used to read the ladies' teacups at morning tea. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> You know, she was mum. That was, you know, you know, her name was Hilda, um, and amazing woman, but never, never banged a drum too often. Just said, "Oh well, you know, I think I can help." So, very, very often there would be people at my dinner table, and when I was a single girl, uh, with their problems, and mum would be listening and saying, "Well, have you tried it this way?" There was not one word of "I'm a counsellor," "I can help you," "I'm a herbalist," "I'm a healer," because that's what she was. Yeah. Wow. And I think all mums are healers, all mums. Yes. And we forget that label, that we are there. We can actually create so much of a better world by being a mum mm-hmm. and teaching teaching our family, not just our kids, but our cousins and our family, that to think well about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Wow. Good advice. Good advice. We need to do more and more and more of that. Uh, so you had a confidence book you had a children's book and then next what did you dabble in I dabble oh I've dabbled in so much stuff but the writing and art was a big one for me so I moved to Perth and um empty nester husband was up north Mm -hmm. and I thought oh keep yourself busy (laughs) what do I do I was so homesick so so homesick Mm. And I had one friend um, who was suffering with terribly with bipolar. So she wasn't much help at all. But now I look back. It was funny when I look back because I'd ask a question and she just looked straight through me because she was in, in another world. Um, and, and I'd say, did you hear me? Did you hear what I asked? Did you hear my question? And she'd go, what question? <laughs> yeah. so, so it was like. I was there, I lived with her for about three weeks now. Now I look back and like it used to really make me cross and, and upset. Yeah, I needed I you. Nothing. I, I just did nothing. Support. Where's my support when I need it? <laughs> yeah. Well, all my kids were back in New Zealand and or East Coast Australia. Um and Hazahabi was up north. Uh, I didn't I had no family left. My my sisters were a lot older than me. They were all born pre-war. I was born post-war. So um Mum and dad had passed away and they were my biggest critics and the, my biggest supporters of everything I did. So, um, and then one day I walked outside my my little villa where I lived in Armadale and I knew it was make or break time, just mm-hmm. make or break day. I looked up to the sky and it was so blue and it just went on forever. And I just looked at my little cottage and I just thought, how lucky am I? Mm-hmm. I'm healthy. I'm actually, I could, I could be happy if I wanted to be, I want to change this about, I'm going to have to do it because nobody's going to walk through that door and make me happy. Hmm. I have to do it. So I joined that particular day. I joined a poet's club and a writer's club and an art club. Uh, And within three weeks, I was employed in Perth City as a, um, 
as a writer's assistant, uh, teaching other ladies how to write, which I just loved. I ran creative writing courses. So, yeah, it all started. And I was there. I was, I was in Perth all of, up six weeks before that happened. And I put myself through hell. Mm. And I, I couldn't. I thought there's no way out of this. I'm going to spend the rest of my life looking through the window thinking, wait for me. Yeah. And then I and then it clicked. Mm. But I think it was the, the grief I was going through of missing home and my family so much um, and being placed in um, a situation where there were, were no answers. I had to do it myself. And I grew up fast. Yeah. Because oh. I'd always had family and I'd always had a husband and parents and sisters that said, you can do this. And they were always behind me. And all of a sudden, it's okay by phone, but they weren't there to have a cup of tea with. Yeah. And that really, and then I thought, how many other women mm. feel like this? Yeah. And so I started working on myself once more, on being positive and on being, um, having the ability to pass that positivity on. You don't always have to be happy to be positive. It's just a feeling you have that if you feel a bit down, it will go away. The day will pass. Mm. But make sure you get out in the garden, put your feet, you know, go pick a flower, look at the sky, do something positive yeah. for yourself. And then the next day you will feel the energy and you'll be able to react with that positivity. Exactly. Beautifully said. It's, it's leaning into a better, a better option, a better outcome, a better tomorrow, yeah. right? Yeah. And there's always something in every day that you can then focus on. It yeah. shifts your mindset, doesn't it? You know? And I think that's a brilliant point that that's right. It doesn't mean that positive thinking or the, the theory of positivity is all about happy, happy all the time. You, you, no. you, you might not be, you know, things might actually be very challenging, very hard, but mm. there, but there's an attitude of okay well there must be something that's right there there's always going to be a beautiful sunset or a, yep. or a blue sky day as you yep. found or a look at my cottage and go you know what that's right I think other people have got it worse than me uh, and also that that power of depending on others to be your cheer squad you know and that shift in that in your adult life when you suddenly go oh my gosh I've got to be able to do it by myself I've got to be equipped it's nice when others cheer you on you know it's lovely of course you want oh, I love it yeah you crave it you miss it you know yep. there's a real grief in that but the fact that you go but I'm okay by myself I'm enough by myself and and it actually for your journey catapulted you into actually your true genius zone right your yep. your true passion of yep. writing you would never yep. possibly wouldn't have taken that step if you had the other support systems you know in the same way I think so. I, you could be right. I've always scribbled. I've always written notes. And my, my kids hated me because I'd always do their English homework order. I'd say, give it to me. I'll do it. And I'd write their stories and they'd get A pluses because mum had done it. <laughs> but, and, and, you know, when I went, I went back to school myself to, to learn how to be a creative writer. And she said to me, you're, you're welcome into the adult class, but you don't need this. You have a vivid imagination. And I did, but I stayed and I learned, because I had to learn about punctuation. I'm shocking. I had to learn about punctuation, how to uh, put paragraphs and chapters and sentences and, and all, the, all the stuff, all the boring stuff mm. that goes on. You just can't sit there and flow, which I still do. I'll admit that I just sit there and write and then I think, oh, hang on. So I'll put a full stop in. <laughs> I love that. And the flow is so much quicker. It's all that oh, I love it. Yeah. time consuming, right? That's right. That's why you, you get famous enough or uh, have, have enough funds to get yourself an editor for sure. Oh, I tell you what, it's a special job. 
to do that editing. But you do learn these skills along the way. And when you need to, you have to do it all right before you have that luxury. Yeah. You know, it's one yeah. of those things going, well, it would be nice, but you've got to do the whole the whole package. So I know you should say that because the other day I was asked, did I do script writing and what I like to turn one of my books into a script? I'd love to. She went, well, this is the course you do on Google. And I thought, oh, I've got to do another course. Oh another course. <laughs> but when I looked at it, it's only, it's only it was advice on how to turn your book into a script. And who knows if I if I've got the time and I can do it. Um, it's a learning curve, and if we can't as women, as leaders, mm. we can't be frightened of change. Exactly, exactly. And if we are, we won't be leading to our no. full no. potential, and others won't trust that authority. They won't believe in us, right? You know, yeah. that's right. It's when you when you back yourself, when you believe in the higher purpose or the higher good, when you're happy to accept criticism or potential failure. Oh, yes. Then that comes the respect, right? Yeah. Um, and the and the and all the qualities of great leadership. Yeah. So how did you then go from um, this stage and dabbling and being naturally good at writing and realising that you can be doing it yourself to be able to then um, get books published, choose a, choose a publisher? How do you know where to go, who to go to? Uh, how did you make all of that happen? I Look, life is like stepping stones, right? So it's one step after another. I put my book out there so many times and I got about, oh, I don't know, five rejection slips. And I thought, oh. So each time I got a rejection slip, I thought, right, I'll go over it. And I went over it so many times, the story was beginning to change. I didn't want that. (laughs) So I rang a particular publisher in Perth and he said to me, can I meet you in a coffee bar um, in Perth City? I said, sure. So this particular day, my husband was home from the mines and he said, I'll drive you in. And and I said, well, do you want to sit with me? I said, because I've never met this man before. He could be anybody. I'm I'm not too sure about this. So this man walked in um, and I I made them, I didn't know what to expect. And this is going back 15 years. I had volumes of A4 books, all one story that had been handwritten, getting up at three in the morning, can't sleep, handwrite. Two in the afternoon, the work's done, handwrite. I hated and I was very illiterate on the computer. I'd write emails and then I thought, so I took all these books, big, huge pile of books, put them down in front of me and he said, well, I'll tell you you're a writer. Let's have a look. So he went, he flicked through, and then I bought him a cup of coffee. And he said to me, I think I can do something with this. So he took the book, um, and three months later, I never had a word. And I kept emailing him. Email, so we're having an editor look at it. And then uh, I had to pay, I think it was $4,500 for him to do this. And, yeah, he was a rogue and not a very nice person. Mm. He took my book and he never even edited it. He just put it out there. So it took six months for me to find my, he didn't even tell me it was published. It was on Amazon. I was holidaying in New Zealand (gasps) when a good friend of mine who'd ordered it said, I have your book. And I went, what book? Oh, what book? Yeah. My worst publisher ever. (laughs) Yes. 
And I wish I could name and shame, but I won't no. because I'd like to t- not tell people to go down that path. But look, we all meet people that say, yes, I can do the best for you. And as soon as your gut feels like, uh walk away because my gut felt like that all day but my ego kept being patted and smoothed and kissed and loved and put in a little box and said oh I love this I'm an author I'm a writer so um yeah bad move then I found um very disappointed so I just sat and I wrote and I had two young men from England approach me no, I tell a lie. I found them on Facebook. They were advertising for authors for ebooks, and they just opened up on their own ebook store in Europe. And I was on board. I was one. I was one of the first ten authors. I put four books through them, and they they made. I was making, you know, over a Europe. I was in Europe, and I, people were buying my books. Like, how many ty- how many books do you have to sell for fifty bucks a month, something like that? I was doing on ebooks through these guys. It was really, they were really popular. I'm going to write some more. So, and they just loved me and we just got on so well. And then after about two years, um, their wife said to me, you know, their wife, this guy wrote to me and he said, I'm going to tell you the truth, Kaz. He said, because I feel you're an older woman and you'll understand. And I thought, uh-oh, someone's had an affair. But he said, no, he said, my wife has asked me to, sh- to close shop. He said, we are just oh. under under so much pressure. Mm. so they closed shop and they sent all my books back to me <laughs> and then um I thought what now so okay universe if you want me to be an author it's all yours yeah so I just kept putting myself out there and then one day a local lady knocked on my door and she said I believe you're looking for a, for a publisher I said I am well she wasn't a publisher or she published her own book then but hadn't done anything major and we got on um yeah, she was. Uh, we worked together for four years, and she's certainly expensive. But um, she got. I did paranormal with her, um, and I, I hit a space where I was selling my books. I was having fun. I was going to all sorts of uh, meetings. I was in touch with a lot of people, uh, and just before COVID hit, um, no, about a year before COVID hit, her and I stopped publishing together because she got busy in other areas of her life and then I met I met Karen McDermott over a coffee and Karen's been my publisher ever since but Karen has literally taken me to places I never thought I'd go I mean I'm in India who thought I'm in Japan (laughs) who thought who would have thought right but it's taken that journey it's not been like oh I'm just going to be an author and I'm going to be famous immediately because I'm not famous, I'm well-known. Mm. And um, the journey's been one foot after another, shouldering the knockbacks, because you do get them. Um, I now like three magazines, but they don't want to hear from me again. They, you know, you've done your bit, see you later. Yeah. Uh, so it's, you know, it's searching out for more, more ways to put my word out there. It's just, just hang on there, hang on in there. It will happen. Hmm. it's the right person at the right time just keep putting it out there like going to your library and I'm great friends with my library I'm giving a talk there tonight on on authorship <laughs> but you know she rang me like she rang me today she's kids we only have four people here and I said who cares it's four people let's hmm. do it yeah four people get to know cares and they get to know a little bit about me and they might buy a book you just got to accept what comes your way sort it out if it's something that's not good then don't do it. If it's got something that's going to harm you, harm your name as an author, then don't do it. 
yeah, I love that. I love that. that you, yeah, that's right. You do it whether it's four or a hundred or a thousand because, you know, you've got to be in that space. And that's right. You never know who you're going to meet. You never know who's going to then suddenly give you a connection, an opportunity. Is also has these, you know, amazing things in the pipeline. You just don't know. And those people who just go, oh, well, I'll just wait and only take, you know, something that's of of their dream level, yeah. well, they'll, they'll keep dreaming, won't they? You know, the reality yeah. is those yeah. dreams happen because you do put yourself out constantly. And what you've told me in your story is that you've adapted many times. You know, you've oh, had yes. to actually go, all right, what's next? That's right. Once you have, that's right, been in a certain magazine, they're going, okay, well, we know your style or whatever. You know, sometimes you can get a contract and become a regular writer and other times it's a once or twice thing and then you then they're looking for someone else. So if you're not constantly growing um, and building your networks, then you, you're in a challenging spot, aren't you? Yeah. That's right. But challenges are put there for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, they're put there to make you grow and it all depends on how you see that challenge I mean look some people are horribly challenged I wouldn't want to be them for a thousand years I wouldn't they are horribly horribly challenged in their lives and my heart goes out to them whether it be health or business or family whatever but you know for me personally the challenges that have come along have been um have been affordable for me you know they've been like okay so one of my family said to me, I never want to speak to you again. That was five years ago. Um, I guess you rang me a year ago and said, oh, we've changed our minds. <laughs> okay. What do you, yeah, what do you do? Okay, let's chat. Let's, let's just love each other. Mm. Yeah, there's a, there's a, I don't know, to, to, to be a woman in today's era is such a privilege. Mm. To be an author in today's what's going on out there is a real honor mm-hmm. but to have people back you all the time and say can we hear more that's just that's just amazing mm. <laughs> it is amazing and you've built your built your tribe around you from those who've done that journey those who've read you read your books those who have supported you from family and friends it does take a village doesn't it just to keep well backing up going to crom going over to crom castle i thought I'd sort of be, you know, I'm an older woman. What do they want with me? But I went there thinking I I just knew I had to do it. I walked away. Seven days later, I walked away with such a family of authors that all say to me, we we love you. Wow. You know, and not all of them, but I'd say there was about 15 authors there all with a story. Um, and I'd say six of them contact me regularly. One of them I speak to every day. Um, such a beautiful tribe that and they encourage you to write short stories. And if I, I see a competition coming up, I spread the word. So we all enter. And it's like, you know, it's like a big bubble of all these authors and we all enter the same competition. And when someone gets, gets first place, we think, oh. One of us will win. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. One of us has got to. So, yeah, it's Doing things like that was huge. It was huge for me because I'm a bit of a loner. But, um, yeah, for someone that wants to write, you know, and doesn't have a clue how to start, that's why I'm a creative, a, a writer's consultant. We start from the, the first blank page. Um, if you have written a book and you don't know what to do, again, contact people with the same name as like a writer's consultant. 
that know where to put you in the in where you belong in the arena that you belong in and can contact at least four to five different publishers one of them's going to pick you up now believe you me it's not cheap these days to be published it's not cheap but there's nothing like it seeing your name on a book and holding that book in your hands and then someone saying i loved your book it's just oh my god yeah exactly. it's amazing very emotional and wow 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 um I know that because I had my biography put put out last last year, and uh, I, yeah, when you hold it in your hand and you sort of just go, I can't believe it. And then when you get feedback from other people who read read your story in different ways, different different things resonate with different people. It's very very emotional. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and the amazing thing is too, you know, I, I a woman knocked on my door yesterday and she wanted some a little bit of artwork, so she wanted um a particular paint she couldn't find. I said, I have it. And she, we had a cup of tea, and then she said, I knew her name was, was Sharon. I didn't know her last name. And then it clicked. She's one of the biggest book reviewers in Perth. Ooh. Yeah. And I didn't know who she was. I'm thinking, I know you. Do I know you? I know you. I know you. I know you. And then she went, Cares. I review all your books. And I thought, oh, so oh, you do. But her, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know what she looked like. And I just, it was Sharon that came in the door and sat at the table. I didn't know her last name. So there's all these things that happen to you and you think, well, you know, it's all wonderful. It's just wonderful stuff. Yeah. I love the way your passion now is is mentoring and coaching other young, particularly young (laughs) women to actually just believe in themselves, to trust their voice, trust their narrative, to now write, you know, get their story out, whatever that might be, whether they're one day famous or one day have just written that one book, you know, like I've mm-hmm. just interviewed Lani Mulvey, who's just put out her, you know, Stand in Strength um, book. And so it's like 20 years in the making and I, I have my words on paper. You know, we've all got different reasons that we yeah. write, right? And um, and the achievement is is huge for even if it was back you when you did your 30 page book it was meaningful at the time it was necessary at the time and uh so I think that's so wonderful that there are so many um young people who can just learn so much from your experience and your skills on your how it all works not to over complicate it to know the risks to know the people who are a bit dodgy to know the people who could rip you off to look for <laughs> dodgy dodgy is a nice Australian word for those listening in uh, yeah. when they're like mm, just not not quite right I don't no. know. I feel this one going south very quickly and it usually does <laughs> and it usually results in your money going south as well that's and, right so I yeah I think that is just so valuable and I'm you know I'm in that world of of coaching and mentoring and to be able to pass on your 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 um, expertise and learnings is just so valuable and although it does cost money anything that you do does cost money and there's no doubt about that but you can also help them save money save the money you've lost over time go and and most of the women I interview at older stages of their lives will go oh my gosh I've lost so much money while learning these truths (laughs) that's (laughs) Right? right Because we didn't know, we didn't know. And also we didn't share or we, or other people didn't offer that advice to us or, or we didn't have the confidence to ask for it. And that's where the, the women's movement is shifting right now. We have a global tribe of women who actually help each other. Right. That's right. Don't don't tear each other down, support each other, you know, get on each other's backs and 
you know, repost their posts, reach yeah. their cheerleader yeah. when they're putting a book out or, or doing a talk for the first time or doing something amazing, be their best fan. Right, yeah. because it's so valuable, you know. And if people can imagine you sitting there for those six weeks in your cottage going, Woe is me, you know, what you know, everything I love is gone. Yes, it it's it's not with you at that time, but hey, you've got this whole world and this ability just ready to blossom if you refocus. I just felt that that Perth opened its arms up to me. Once I made that connection with the writing school. Uh, with a writing club that was local, Perth just opened its arms up and said, welcome. So people say to me, oh, tall poppy syndrome, I haven't found it here. I haven't because I have a different mindset. Mm -hmm. If you're looking for it, it will find you. Mm -hmm. I've always found that if you've got a negative thought, and it's so easy to be negative. (laughs) For some people, it's really hard to be positive Mm 24-7. And we all have negative thoughts. But I actually find when I'm tired now, um, and, you know, I'll admit to anybody about 3 o'clock, I have a nana nap to, to freshen my brain up because I'm normally a coach during the morning. I've written during the morning. I, you know, I normally don't have lunch till late. And so um, there's different things will come into your day and you think, oh, not again, please, not again. It's I, I have the ability now to put that to the side. But I've had to learn that trick. I've had to learn that um, it's not important, unless it's an emergency, it's not important at the moment. Carry on with what you're doing. Put it to the side. And I find another trick I have learned where being motivated is write it down. Mm-hmm. Write your thoughts down on paper. And if it turns out to be a negative thought, you've then right underneath, how can I turn this around? Mm-hmm. That's the biggest draw card for me when I teach uh, and when I tutor and when I mentor is showing others that the value of, of the power of the word and writing is immense. So if you've written something negative and just say, I wasn't feeling very well today and the kids were playing up, la, 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 write it down and then turn it round. Mm-hmm. So what was the, what were the children playing up about? Uh, should I have taken a Panadol and rested for maybe half an hour, given my body a break? You know, let's turn it around. Let's be more positive towards with each other and for each other. That's the only way we're going to grow in any sort of woman's leadership is being there for each other. Mm, terrific. Totally agree wholeheartedly. How did you become a radio host? Oh, you're just a woman of many hats <laughs> oh, my goodness um i was camping and tony radio uh in northern queensland got hold of me tony is uh, has one million listeners per day on her podcast and radio show and i you know the negative thoughts came in yeah right okay okay right and she said will you be on my show and i thought sure will but I was in a place called Windy Harbour who had one bar. I had one bar. Oh, gosh. Right. So I grabbed my husband's phone and he's with Telstra. I'm with a different company. And um, I managed to contact Tony. And we had the funniest interview. The, the Windy Harbour is true. It blew the old caravan about. I'm sort of rocking about in the caravan thinking I'm going, I'm going to be in with Dorothy. I'm going to go away with the wind. Um, <laughs> And we had the funniest interview. And then I got about a month later, she was advertising for co-hosts and I put my hand up mm. because it's something I've always wanted to do. But it's up to her, to who she chooses. And she went, I so enjoyed our time together. Now, Tony also wrote a book called Resilience and she asked me to um, 
go over it and see if I could improve it, which we did. Um, and I pointed out some facts to her that she had missed out on. Again, it's Tony do some research on, and it was about her own body, her health. So um, then she got back to me and she said, I'd love you to co-host a radio set, um, show with me. So that's what we're doing. And I went, what? Me? Oh, yes, please. So <laughs> it sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, look, For Tony a woman is... who loves speaking and, and loves words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We win. I I love that. And interesting for a woman who says she's quite introverted. Didn't you say you like your own quiet time? I do. I do. And I do get it. Um, I've had to learn to carve my day up. My husband has recently retired. God help me. (laughs) Wonderful man. But it's now let's go places. Let's do something. I'm retired. I want to go to the movies. Want to go out for dinner. I'm like, no, I want to write. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He's a gorgeous, gorgeous man. I'm very, very lucky. We've been together nearly 42 years. But, um, yeah, so it's, you know, I keep saying to him, when you please find a hobby? <laughs> Anything. Just try please it. go fishing. Just go go fishing. <laughs> go fishing lots. Oh, wow. Well, what a change after after being in the mines for all those years. Oh, my yes, God. yes. He was, um, he was, he was up there a long time. Some Christmases, he'd spend, I wouldn't see him for Christmas. But, you know, um, you find your flock. You know, you find the, the people. And I had other miners' wives come to me and say, our husband's auntie, do you want to get together for Christmas? Yes, please. You have to learn that, you, you know, being on your own isn't really good for you. Uh, and I had to learn to step out of that area that I felt um, uncomfortable in, a lot of people around me, because... As an author, you're expected to do a lot of um, talks, mm. and I find there's a lot of people in the in the in the room. It just becomes like a hum. I can't actually decipher what they're all saying, and I've got perfect hearing. So uh, when I'm in a, I love groups, small groups where I can be intimate with you and say, "What did you like about the book? Read something to me. Let me know what you thought." And they do, but in big groups, so I found that. With him coming home from the mines and saying, I'm retiring, and I thought, okay. Nice big white eyes and a smile and say, okay, darling. And he did. Um, he's the love of my life, don't get me wrong, but uh, there are times that I go, please go fishing. So, <laughs> <laughs> and by fishing, I mean go visit someone, go have a coffee with his family. We, we now have a daughter over here. Uh, you know, just. Just give me two hours and I find that's perfect. How do you enjoy uh, being involved in collaborations with a whole lot of different authors now in different books? It's becoming more and more popular to be I part anthologies of anthologies are very popular. Mm. I actually did it with a very careful thought process, Annie, and that was um, I've been invited twice to join anthologies for the most enormous amount of money <laughs> that would have me publishing two books. Wow. Enormous amount of, okay, it was something like 4,000 words, maybe 5,000, uh, and 150 on your bio. And I kept thinking, and I kept seeing these amazing women pop up, and I know some of them in the books, and I thought, but I also know your circumstances. You must have really, really, really been stretching for this. Mm. So... And I also wanted to write, I wanted to bring the everyday woman in, mm. not the famous, well-known business owners that work with multimillionaires and are multimillionaires themselves. I wanted to know your story. 
Mm. That's where my heart belongs, mm. the everyday woman. So I found another co-author, this, this woman from Cromcastle. Her name is Michelle Wittering. Uh, and Michelle and I put our heads together and we decided to bring a book out, an anthology book out for everyday woman. Mm. Now, we also talked about price. So we managed for 100 words. We talked with a, with a publisher. So for 100 words on your bio and 3,500 words for your story, we charged you what the fee was $350 instead of $6,000 or $1,500. Wow. We've we've had to turn people away. (laughs) Because we only wanted 20 authors. Um, The royalties from the book are going to a charity uh, that we, that's in discussion now. Uh, we didn't think that anyone would mind. Uh, we've only had one question about where are the royalties going to. So it's going to a particular charity that Michelle Wittering on my heart is close to. And um, the book's coming out in September and it's a beautiful book. And we would like to do this every year just for the everyday woman like myself, yourself. None of us are multi, well, I don't know about you, but I'm certainly not a multimillionaire. And I don't own a whiz bang business that goes, um, um, you know, overseas and earns millions. I own a multicultural business and I have three ladies from the USA that have joined the book. Normal, everyday, either single girls, mums, housewives, that just wanted their words on to see themselves on paper. And who knows where it's going to go from there. Hmm. And I'm just in love with this book because it's such a kind book. Mm. And what's There's the nothing, woo-woo, look at me, toot my horn. There's nothing. It's just, it's all about our journeys. And some have had depression, some haven't. Some have had uh, physical trauma, some haven't. Mental trauma, some haven't. Um, it's just about, you know, you know, my little story in the book was going through menopause, mm. you know, because no one talked about it. Oh. Goodness me, I'm doing that at the moment. It's just a whole whoo, whole new world that suddenly when you do talk about it, then all these women just suddenly go, oh, it's almost like, oh, thank goodness, they have an opportunity to talk about it. <laughs> well, you know, my mum went through it and it was hell. It was hell on wheels yeah. for her. There, you know, and But, you know, I had to have a big operation later on in life when I was in my 50s, so I went through a very early menopause and I kept thinking to myself, am I my mother? It scared me. Am I my mother? Because there was nothing except Valium for my mum. Because she had mood swings, severe mood swings, um, and overheated all the time, the hot flushes, uh, migraines, and passed out with them. So she went through hell. Mm. And I kept thinking, I kept waiting for the worst to happen, but trying to keep positive. (laughs) And it was like, I don't want the medication. I went through it naturally. Yeah. And when people say, you know, when you're in your 60s, it all slows down wrong. (laughs) It doesn't. I'm still getting hot blushes and my husband says to me I know I'm hot darling and you're sweating you're not giving me hope here (laughs) kids but hey that's your woman right and that's what it's about that's what these are about they're actually going goodness me girls you know once you start talking frankly and honestly everyone will go ebbs through ebbs and flows in their life everyone will have health challenges life challenges um you know situations happen through through luck or through chance or through just you know sabotage uh, from others 
things yep. happen, right? And that yep. is real life. And that's what I love about what you're doing there because that's right. One, you're giving these women the opportunity to put the, their stories in print and that's yeah. so valuable. And even if that's the only book that they do, it may be uh, and it's worth enough. That's enough, right? And then it also might give them the confidence to actually go, gosh, there's even more. I could write more words and I could do more by myself. So you never know where these seeds are, the seeds of belief in other people and being able to generously give them that opportunity and also to be able to give the royalties to a charity. You know, I do the same on my podcast. I invite people to give to my charity which is called MRKH because it's an opportunity for people. You want to give them that opportunity to give, right? Uh, it's it's a wonderful balance, I think. It uh, is, it's balance. It, it's balance and it's gratitude and it's because, you know, that's right, we've all had those different challenges in our life. You know, often at those early days and if you're in that stage, those who are listening in of going, but I need every little cent, you know, you do it at times, you know, and there's yeah. no judgment on that, right? Like it's no. tough and you don't have the luxury of outsourcing and you're doing everything yourself and you're often managing little families as well it's full on so but it's also encouraging you know as you do your walk and then you become more able to be able to give those opportunities back you know to yes. others and then also to charities you exactly. know I think that's the ultimate you know those I I I um I speak with who just have that that gratitude at the end of the day. They've got to yep. a stage in their life that they go, you know what, I am grateful and I've had a great journey and I'm and I want to be able to help where I can. I think that's the ultimate, right? And it's and it's just a for great, everybody, it's the ultimate. It's the ultimate, you know. Yep. And the more people there are on the planet who, you know, that would be their goal, you know, then in life, then I think the the we'd be in a much better place, you know, and we're doing our bit to chip away, right? Um, it's all Well, I just, I'd just like to point out, Annie, that through the anthology, uh, one woman who wrote her piece has now gone to study uh, mental health. And I was very impressed because her, her story was about her journey with mental health uh, and, and not for her personally, but now she's now gone back to university. Isn't that wonderful? That's so wonderful. And then I pointed out to, I had two friends in Japan when I went over there uh, and I was talking about writing. I now have 30 women who want to write their anthology. Oh, there you go. See? So we're slowly, slowly, slowly joining hands. None of us are different. You know, we are women. We give birth to children. We give birth to creativity. And that creativity needs to continue. Hmm. In your own authentic way, right? Yeah. Yes. Wow. Well, thank you so much for being on my show today. I have absolutely loved our conversation. I'm definitely going to read up more on your books. How can people find you, Kez? If they go to my website, www.keswickhamstgeorge.com, um, but if they want to buy any, any of the books, now the recent one is this one here, Metal Mermaid. I don't know if you can see that one. Metal Mermaid, Yes. Best That's seller. a travel, travel adventure book, romance, travel adventure. Oh, who doesn't All sorts of hot, sticky stuff in the desert. Oh, I love that. <laughs> uh, I take you to New Zealand on that one because being from New Zealand, I take I take you back. So we do a journey and the next one to be uh, released, launched, is on the 3rd of May and that's called The Cup of Tree. 
and that was in celebration of my grandson's birth. Uh, so there's a little story of how, how the cuppa tree originated because wherever I've been in Australia, I find trees with shoes, fences with bras, fences with panties. And I'm thinking, is it the tourists that do these things? And yes, it is. Mm. They throw chuck and whatever. They take their clothes off and throw them. I don't know what but they do. And wherever I went, there was something with the shoe tree. And so actually, we actually started a cuppa tree in the over. Um, in the desert, we, we found an old tree and put a cup up there. And when we woke up in the morning, there was two more cups there. <laughs> See, there you go. You put something out to the universe and it attracts others. <laughs> that's right. So that's coming out on the 3rd of May. That's, that's been a bestseller, that one, that book there. And um, hopefully the next book will be one too. I'm just so excited. The anthology is coming out. Um, there's talks all over the place and, you know, life's fabulous. Yeah. Well done you. It, it is fabulous and you've you've made it fabulous for yourself. You know, you've you've done things through the hard times and you've just you know you've honed your skill and expertise and you've gone and you know done it your way um and learned a lot along the way and uh, and now are, are helping others. So for those listening in if you want to contact uh Kez, just go to keswickhamstgeorge.com uh, and uh, make sure that you uh yeah find out more about her what she the whole range of books there's too many to to list here on this podcast <laughs> yeah definitely go and buy her books and get some engrossed engrossed in some uh, a wide variety of reading from the south yes. <laughs> thanks so much thank you so much annie lovely speaking to you thanks so much for listening to this episode of memoirs of successful women You can find me at anniegibbons.com where you can download my free resources, get connected on social and check out my online magic transformation program. If you love this show, feel free to subscribe to future episodes and of course, share it with your friends. I'll see you again soon and until then, happy podcasting.